All right, guys, welcome to my first episode of this podcast that I am finally getting around to doing. So in this first episode, I'm really just going to let you guys get to know me, kind of talk about my whole journey through the beauty industry, including my beauty school experience, which I know we all love talking about, and really just how I um, came to be a salon owner, which is actually still insane. I don't think anyone that I grew up with saw that coming, (laughs) so I'm just going to get right into it. I guess I will start with, let's start when I was a kid. I'm going to sound like every other bitch right now, but from a very young age, I was always very obsessed with makeup. Um, I was definitely that girl in my family that, let's say, my mom was like, okay, we're going to take the dogs for a walk, and I would go in the bathroom and start fixing my hair and putting on lipstick, and my mom's like, Wednesday, it's not a fashion show, we're literally just walking the dogs right now. Um, My grandma always had bags and bags full of Avon makeup. Does anyone remember Avon? (laughs) I think it's still around, but... Um, We had an Avon lady that came to my house. For anyone that isn't familiar with Avon, it was like one of the first um, multi-level marketing companies from like back in the day. And when I say multi-level marketing, I mean companies like Arbonne and um, like It Works and and stuff like that. So back in the day before there was social media, um, these people would actually like come to your house and bring you magazines and you would just order like from them right then and there or through the magazine. I don't really remember, but I was always wanting, I was always getting my grandma to order me uh, makeup from Avon. And even as a little girl in elementary school, I was always playing with it in my room. And my whole family was so confused because literally not one person in my family has been like a beauty person. Like my mom, does not wear any makeup. She is so like naturally beautiful, doesn't wear makeup, uh, doesn't do anything to her hair. I'm technically an only child, so it's not like I had, I was watching like sisters or older cousins or anything like that. So everyone in my family was really confused why I was such a girly girl. I guess it's just in my blood. (laughs) But anyways... I was also always that girl in um, in sixth grade coming to school with makeup and I would have to get sent to the office so the nurse would have to scrub it off because at my school we weren't allowed to wear makeup, which is super interesting to think about. Um, but yeah, I've always been obsessed with makeup. I started getting my hair done at a very young age too. My grandma would bring me to the hair salon that she went to. I think the first time I got highlights, I was like 10 and we went to this, this huge, beautiful hair salon that's in my hometown. And that is where I instantly became obsessed with the beauty industry. Um, I thought that everyone that worked there, there was probably about like 20 hairstylists there. I thought everyone that worked there was just so beautiful. Everyone had this dramatic makeup and dramatic like teased and colored hair 24-7. I mean, this was in the 2000s when like those like chunky blonde streaks in your hair and like teased hair was super popular and I feel like just everyone everyone that worked at that salon was like that bitch I literally I was always so so excited for my next hair appointment 
just counting down the days because I just wanted to go to that salon. I felt so cool. Like, this was not like your average, like, sports clips hair salon. This was like a huge, beautiful building in the middle of my small town, which my small town is in the middle of nowhere outside of Houston. Um, but there's just like this huge, beautiful building with all these windows and this nice fancy reception desk and there was an upstairs that had a spa too and I literally I just felt like royalty when I was there I mean I was like a little kid don't judge me but anyways that's when I really started falling in love with the beauty industry so fast forward to I'm in high school I always kind of had in the back of my head like oh maybe I'll do hair I mean I feel like not that many people really knew about the aesthetics industry, at least I didn't whenever I was in high school, like lash extensions weren't a thing, like I didn't, I I never thought about like facials or waxing or anything like that, and I just thought, I don't know, maybe I'll go to cosmetology school. There was actually a program in my high school where you could start cosmetology school when you were a junior and by the time you graduated high school you would have your cosmetology license and this was all pretty much free as well. But unfortunately, <laughs> I was not a model high school student. I was um I skipped school constantly. My grades were horrible. I remember when I was a senior, I was still in like sophomore classes, which is super embarrassing to think about. But let's just say my childhood was a little uh different than others. So I didn't really have like a strong support system. I didn't really have anyone telling me like you need to go to school you need to go to college like you need to pass your tests you need to get good grades like no one no one really uh was pushing me that hard so I didn't care most of my friends were a lot older than me and uh weren't in high school anymore and it's funny because my friends that my like best friends that were still in high school with me were actually really really smart and all went to really really good colleges which that actually has a lot to do with my story as well but I'll get to that in a second so I wanted to do the cosmetology program but unfortunately your girl like almost didn't even uh finish high school and they uh did not want to put me in the cosmetology program because I barely showed up to school as it is so they did not trust me to, uh, you know, go to the college for cosmetology for half the day. I, I started becoming a server towards the end of high school, and I really, really <laughs> became addicted to fast, easy money. So I actually got forced into being a server. I was a hostess, like, at this small little sushi restaurant in my hometown, and one day, like, they were extremely short-staffed because technically I don't even think you're supposed to be a server until you're like 18, but they forced me to be a server that day because they were extremely short-staffed short and that is when I fell in love with fast, easy money. I was like, this is literally the easiest money ever. Like, all you have to do is wait on tables for 20 to 30 minutes and they give you a tip. I mean, I thought like I was that bitch. I thought I was making more than anyone in my school, which I probably was. I would literally skip like my last couple of classes at school just to go to my serving job because I was like, why do I need to be at school? Like, I just want to make money, <laughs> which don't listen to me if you're in high school and listening to this. But anyways, so 
I somehow finished high school. <laughs> Actually, I almost didn't, but that is a completely different story. But I ended up graduating, so yay me. I was still working at that sushi restaurant for a while. And believe it or not, I actually did start going to community college. I mean, it was, I got like financial aid. So I didn't even have to pay for it. So I was like, yeah, I'll go to college. Why not? It's technically free. Um, So I was just going to the community college in my hometown. But alas, I was still very addicted to fast, easy money. So I would just skip my classes like if someone needed me to pick up their shift or something at work because I wanted money. I wanted to move out of my house. I wanted to move out of my hometown. Um, My childhood house growing up was like extremely crowded and I was just like counting down the days for me to get my own place. Didn't care how nice it was. I just wanted to move, to be able to move out. So I I went to community college for I think a full year. But I failed a few of my classes. I was already very behind. So I really didn't. I was just like why am I in school? Like I, I actually have no idea what I'm doing. I just felt like it was a waste of time. At this point I'm still like 18 years old. So I'm like you know what. I'm just going to wait tables in my head at this time. I was thinking I'm just going to wait tables for another year to save a lot of money, try to move out by myself. Maybe I'll revisit college at a later time. College wasn't like on my mind. During this time, one of my good friends started working at that hair salon as a receptionist. Remember the hair salon I was talking about? The one that I would go to as a kid and I felt like that bitch when I was there. You kind of like had to know someone to work there. Um, And my friend got like a receptionist job there. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like, are they hiring? Like, I kind of want to be a receptionist there. Long story short, I got the job. But um, in case you didn't know, a hair salon receptionist in a small town don't make jack shit. I think I was making like $8 an hour. But I was really just like working there for the clout. Like I really thought I was that bitch working the front desk there. I still kept my uh, waitressing job part-time. I would kind of just go back and forth. I actually got like a fat discount on all the services there too. So um, at the salon. So it was a pretty good job to have. Also in the back of my mind, I had still kept thinking, well, maybe I'll be a makeup artist one day. Maybe I'll be a a hairstylist one day, whatever. Also during this time, Something else that's really funny to think about is a an Ulta store popped up in my town. I had never been to an Ulta before. Keep in mind, this is about 2012. I had just graduated high school. Um, I go into Ulta. I'm, you know, I'm making good money. I'm making enough money to where I can afford makeup at Ulta. And I came across this Too Faced brow kit. I pick up this Too Faced brow kit. Basically what it is is like a little palette. It comes like these mini, these little mini tweezers, um, these brow stencils for filling in your brows. Keep in mind, I mean, this was like not a thing. Like no one filled in their brows that I knew anyways. Um, It came with like a little brow highlighter pencil Um, two different brow colors and like a little glittery white like shimmer (laughs) to put under your brows as well and then like little like wax to lay down your brow hairs and I thought I was stumbling across gold I was like oh my god like this is awesome like I'm about to be a trendsetter like no one messes with their brows really I mean like of course I knew people that went and got their brows waxed like at nail salons and stuff but no one like 
knew how to fill in their brows. And uh, even though I purchased that, I sure as hell didn't know how to fill in my brows either. They looked freaking horrible. A lot of people made fun of me and talked about me behind my back. It was actually like a running joke, like behind my back or if I ever got into like an argument with anyone in my hometown, like, you know, boy drama or whatever, <laughs> everyone would always be like, huh, okay, like, well, cool eyebrows, like making fun of my eyebrows. Like they were that bad. I mean, not only did I not know how to fill them in, but like no one else had ever filled in their brows. So I just looked like a damn fool. But you know what? That's okay. Because I got over my awkward phase way before everyone else. Um, by the time I started knowing what I was doing and my brows were looking good, everyone else was starting to go through their shitty brow phase. So it's fine. But anyways, let me not get too off topic. So around this time, I start filling in my brows. I'm working the front desk at the cutest salon around. Um, I thought, you know, maybe, maybe I'll go back to school for cosmetology or something. Like, that's still a thought. But in reality... Because, you know, most of the time when you're a hairstylist, you have to, like, start off being an apprentice somewhere first. And all of the apprentices that I worked with literally hated their fucking lives. I'm sorry. I'm still friends with most of them to this day. I mean, they're all hairdressers now. But if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. But they all looked like they hated their lives. And, I mean, they probably did. But um, to be fair, they got like tons of free education there. It was a Paul Mitchell salon. And, you know, you learn a lot about like growing your clientele and customer service and blah, blah, blah. But remember, I'm addicted to fast, easy money at this point. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to go to cosmetology school for 1500 hours. They lowered it now. It's a thousand hours in Texas. But at this time, it was 1500 hours and then be an apprentice for two years making minimum wage. Like, no, thank you. So lo and behold, there is an upstairs part of this salon as well. And upstairs, it's a spa and they had two estheticians. I had no idea what an esthetician was until I started working here, but the estheticians did waxing, which, you know, takes about 15 to 30 minutes, depending on what you're getting. And they did facials, which most of their facials were about an hour. So I also saw these girls, the estheticians were getting in way more clients than any of the hairdressers because the hairdressers, I mean, they would be with their clients for like an hour and a half to three hours. And therefore only really getting in like a lot less people a day than the estheticians. But when I saw that the estheticians were, uh, you know, they had a new client every 30 minutes, I was like, okay, well, that looks a lot better to me too. So I had that in the back of my mind. Well, um, (laughs) remember how I said that all my really good friends in high school actually were smart and went to good colleges so most of my really close friends ended up moving to Austin which is three hours from where I'm from and I would go visit almost every weekend and I was just obsessed with it um I thought it was beautiful I thought there was so much to do Austin is not like a huge huge town they do have a downtown which is super fun but it's mostly a college town so it gives you like big city vibes while you still have like a very young tight-knit community I don't know it's just anyone that lives in Texas knows Austin is like the place to be it's super fun um anyway so I ended up moving there (laughs) with like $300 to my name seriously I lived with one of my 
best friends at the time who was going to the University of Texas, which is like an amazing school. And yeah, I was living in a shitty apartment with no job. The $300 was like my birthday money because this was like right after my 19th birthday. I mean, people ask me all the time, even to this day when I'm like telling them my story, like, so what made you move to Austin? I'm like, I honestly, I do not know. I think I was just an 18 year old that had FOMO and was missing my friends. And I thought like, what else did I have to lose? I really did not know where I was going in life. I thought I was going nowhere in life in all honesty. So here I am in Austin with $300 to my name in an extremely shitty apartment. And I get on Craigslist and I see a job opening for a receptionist for a wax waxing chain company. I'm not going to say the name on here, but I'm sure you know what company I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm sure I will be talking about it in a lot of episodes. So yeah, if you know me, you know exactly what um, waxing company I'm talking about. I got a receptionist job there and I was making $9 an hour, <laughs> which is the most like hourly I had ever made. I mean, I made more whenever I was a server, but I had never had like a job where I was guaranteed $9 an hour and you got commission for like selling uh, memberships and stuff. So I was, uh, this was like a pretty good job for a 19 year old, I would say. I start that job and I was pretty bored, honestly. It was very different. Like instead of running a salon with like 20 to 30 stylists, I was now working somewhere where there was like five stylists or five waxers. So it was very slow. So I got to know um, all the waxers really well. And about my first week there, I was kind of telling them a little bit about me and, you know, asking them about themselves. And they're, they're all like, yeah, you know, we're all estheticians. Um, we went to, we only had to go to school for 750 hours, blah, blah, blah. Um, at the, at one of the schools in Austin, it takes about six months. And I was like, hold on. (laughs) So in six months I can have my waxing license, like I can have my esthetician license and keep in mind, I'm like working the front desk. So I see how much people are tipping them. They all have a new client every 15 minutes and all getting like 10 to $20 as a tip every 15 minutes. And they got hourly and they got commission on services and products and you could get bonuses. I was just like, what? I was just like, I... I can be doing this before I'm even 20 years old because I had just turned 19. So if I go to school for six months, like I would basically have a career by the time I was 20. So the next week I went to tour the Aveda Institute in Austin. Beautiful, beautiful school. I will say, uh, I, so I signed up and I started like a couple months later. I was in school and it was super cool that I already had um, like a reception, a receptionist job somewhere in the industry because I was like guaranteed um, a job like as soon as I was finished with school and they were like super understanding about my schedule at school. So my schedule was at school. We were there Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. <laughs> but that's why like it only took us six months to finish because we did those long ass days three days a week. So yeah beautiful school and I guess I can just talk about my beauty and my beauty school experience a little bit <sighs> from what I can remember. I mean damn that was already over eight years ago. That's crazy. So um 
my class was very small. There was about mm, 10 girls in our class by the time we were finished. I think we started out with a little bit more than that, but one of them started having like major anxiety attacks because of the school. It's not funny, but um, started having major anxiety attacks about like how intense the school was. And we had a test like every other day. So she ended up dropping out. A couple other people ended up like falling off because they had a very, very strict uh, like tardiness and attendance policy. Like if you were you had to like clock in with a little time card and no joke if you were one minute late you would get sent home and you wouldn't get those hours for the day you could only have like so many um like sick day or like you could only miss school so many times as well so yeah it was very strict and um if you missed like so many days they would just kick you out so like I said, I was there for a total of six months. The first three months, it is all like schoolwork and like book work, tests, worksheets, PowerPoints, uh, and like working on each other. So we would like learn something new every day that we were there, um, like for the first half of the day. And then the second half of the day, we would like practice on each other. So one thing, and this is, um, common in most beauty schools most of the time when you're in aesthetic school you are really only learning about skin and the bulk of what you learn is facials so I already knew that I wanted to be there for waxing but we I'm just letting you know if you think you're gonna learn waxing in beauty school I mean we only went over it for a day um I, but again, I was already working at European Wax Center. They would let me sit in on some of the waxer trainings. So I already knew I was, oh, I said the, uh, the company name. Oh, well, it was European Wax Center. Who cares? I'm not going to say anything that bad about them. <laughs> but, uh, so I was already working at the Wax Center and I knew I was going to get like a bomb training. Like they know what they're doing when it comes to training. If you have the right trainer, I guess. So. I didn't care about that, but I basically had to sit through school for six months learning about facials when I have never done a facial a day in my life, and I don't plan to. But anyways, so the first three months was all like book work and practicing on each other. The second three months, you are actually taking paying clients, but they're not paying you. They're paying the school, <laughs> and they're getting a heavy discount. Sometimes you would get tips, but not really. So... People would actually like call and schedule like to get services done by students. And I was the only one that was there because I wanted to do waxing. Everyone else was scared of waxing. We would I would just trade everyone like basically I would have it to where I would have waxing all day and get rid of all my facial services because I wanted nothing to do with that. Sorry, no offense to all my facial gals out there, but that's just never been my thing. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there where waxing isn't their thing and that's fine that's the beauty of the aesthetics world is there are so many options of what you can actually do so yeah um finally finished school I say finally it was only six months and it went by super fast passed my state boards I overall had like a really good beauty school experience the one thing I will say about Aveda though and this is probably similar for any like branded schools like Paul Mitchell and stuff like that so at Aveda, they only teach you with Aveda products. Um, so if you don't know anything about Aveda, they're like all natural. Um, I, I believe the bulk of their stuff is like plant based. And yeah, so it's what I'm trying to say is it's not very like corrective skincare. I definitely didn't learn anything like 
like any chemical peels or anything like that. Um, but I did learn a lot about like selling retail and customer service and how to deal with clients. So that was good. Also something uh, I kind of want to say, I wanted to bring this up earlier and I totally forgot, but I think this all comes full circle with like, I, I've had multiple waitressing jobs. I was a receptionist at a hair salon. I think those types of things, like dealing with customers in other ways and like just dealing with customer service in general is extremely, extremely helpful when you are becoming a service provider. It is super tricky to start your own business, like doing lashes or waxing or whatever it is when you have no customer service experience because customer service is like a completely different job separate from actually doing the services. I could make an entire episode about that and I definitely will, but I just want to throw that out there. I think one of the reasons that I became successful very quick is because I have had so much customer service experience. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to kind of throw it out there. But also at Aveda, you do go over customer service a lot. You learn how to deal with clients the correct way, sell retail, all that good stuff. Overall, it was a good school, but it was extremely overpriced. There was no reason I had to pay that much money to do what I am doing. Uh, so my best advice to anyone that is wanting to get into this industry is find the cheapest school you can go to. Most community colleges in my area anyway, have a aesthetics or cosmetology program. And it is way, way, way cheaper than going to pretentious schools like Aveda or I don't, I can't even think of any other ones. So yeah. Um, so yeah, I finished, I become a waxer at European Wax Center before I was even 20 years old. So that was, that was pretty cool. That was a cool milestone. Um, looking back on it, there was definitely a lot of, um, a lot of the people I was hanging around were kind of condescending because remember, like I said, most of my friends were going to really good schools and were like actually on a very good career path, like lawyers or wanting to be lawyers, engineers, etc. So everyone's like, uh, why are you like waxing vaginas, you know, like, it was kind of looked down upon, but at the end of the day, I was already in my career when all of my friends were, like, still in college, so I think that's pretty cool, but funny enough, I only stayed in Austin for another six months, and I just got extremely homesick. I started having extremely different goals and aspirations than other people I was hanging out with, so, I mean, as you know, Austin is a college town, so I was, like, going out 24-7, and most of the people I was around were like that as well, and I just really missed my family back home, and I wanted to start, like, digging in my roots of, like, creating an actual, like, career and business, and I knew, like, staying in Austin would not be good long-term for me. So, I ended up coming back to the burbs of Houston to my family <laughs> where I'm from. Um, I only moved like back to my actual like childhood house for a few months and I quickly saved up enough to get my own apartment again and I transferred to the European Wax Center over here. 
So I am, I'm in, I'm still waxing at European Wax Center. I'm back home. I transferred to the European Wax Center uh, near my hometown. And I was making pretty good money, built my book super full. But like I said, I'm addicted to money and I know there is always more out there. So at this time, they are adding on to the mall that is in my, uh, near my hometown. They were adding like an outside section with a lot of like really nice restaurants, cool new restaurants that uh, had never seen, like that my town had never seen before. So I decided to work at a popular restaurant that was opening up as a part-time job. So I was basically working six to seven days a week. I had really no social life. I mean, I would find out to I would find time to go out every now and then, but I was I was very very motivated to just make good money, build a savings account, have a nice car. I just wanted something better for myself. I wanted to get out of my hometown, which is funny now because I mean, I technically still live in my hometown right now, but I would say I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> but at this time, this is like 2015, I guess. I'm still in my early 20s. I um I just wanted a lot of money and I wanted to be successful. I wanted to prove everything wrong. I wanted to prove everyone wrong. So I was working at this restaurant. Well, it was like a bar. So I would work till like 2 a.m. sometimes. But I ended up getting more addicted to the fast, easy money at the bar and decided I want more shifts there. So I ended up quitting European Wax Center. I was out of the beauty industry completely for about a full year. And I was just waiting tables. Um, but, you know, that whenever and this might offend this will offend a lot of people. I'm sorry. But when I was like 20, I'm 22 at this point, And I'm like seeing people behind the bar that are in their 40s. And I'm like, no, no, no. It is so easy to get sucked up into the service industry because it is just super fast, easy money. And I'm like, okay, I have my aesthetics license. It's time to go back. Also, something I forgot to mention, like another deciding factor of me quitting European Wax Center at that time is we we got like horrible management and there was just a ton of drama. It just became like not a great work environment. So I'm going to start fast forwarding a little because I feel like I'm going into way too much detail. I don't even know how long this episode is at this point, but I ended up going back to European Wax Center. I ended up, I mean, I was there for a couple more years and I ended up becoming a trainer. I got to train all the new people. Um, I got to travel a couple of times. That was cool. I got to go to the conference that's in Florida every year. So it was a really cool experience, but I just wanted something more. Like, I feel like I get bored very, very easily. And I was just like, I can't, I mean, I feel like I know what I'm doing now. Like, I want my name and my brand on everything that I'm doing. Well, in case you didn't know this, most franchises and and train and chains like that, um, they will have you in a non-compete. So for one, I was very nervous to go out on my own. Um, Well, one, because you get hourly at European Wax Center. So like if someone cancels and you're sitting on your ass, you're still getting paid. So that's kind of hard to uh, get away from. But also I was like, where am I going to go? Like I had had friends that left there and started waxing somewhere else. And they would like threaten them with court and a lawyer, like trying to sue them and stuff. So even though I was really cool with the owners, I didn't want to risk that. So 
one day I'm at work and I'm waxing one of my clients who we ended up becoming really good friends. Her name is Heather. Heather, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. But she was one of my clients at European Wax Center and she did lash extensions. And we would just, um, she would always tell me, girl, you need to learn lash extensions. I swear to God, that's like the, the hottest thing right now. You make so much money. Blah, blah, blah. This was like 2016, I think, when I started waxing her. And at that time, I had no interest in doing lash extensions. I had never had lash extensions before. Everyone I knew, for some reason, to my knowledge, I thought that like all full sets were like two to three hundred dollars. So I'm like, I don't know anyone that could afford that (laughs) at that time. And I remember when I was in aesthetic school in 2013 and 14, So lash extensions weren't included in our curriculum. We had to like pay extra and come in there on one of our days off for extreme lashes to come in and train us. Now to like right now it is included in aesthetic schools now because it's so popular. But back at this time, this it was like something optional. I mean, our our license covered it, of course, but they weren't going to teach it to us in school. They had an outside brand come and teach it to us is what I'm saying. So... I and I remember thinking like no I'm not gonna come in on my day off and learn lash extensions like why would I want to do lash extensions that seems so boring and crazy and like I I did not know one single person that had ever gotten lash extensions so whenever Heather's telling me all this like girl you need to learn lashes there's an extra there's an extra room at the salon I work at um that you can rent blah 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 and I'm like like thanks for the offer but no like I'm just trying to do waxing blah 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 so, uh, for some reason, or I came across like this school in Austin <clears throat> that does like, it's for estheticians, but they just do like one day certifications for like, you know, like laser or chemical peels or lashes or microblading. It's like a continuing, continued education academy. Um, and they had a class for lash extensions for $500. And I believe the brand that was in the kit was JB Lashes. Um, but the trainers were not like JB trainers. They were just trainers that worked for this school. I don't even think they really knew how to do lashes. Um, it was like a six hour course. And then we did a model for like an hour and a half. Um, but I took out, so at this point I am 22 or 23. I can't remember. I was, no, I was 22. So, uh, I took out my first credit card. I got one of those Chase credit cards where like, if you spend $500 within the first, or no, if you spend a thousand dollars on it within the first three months, then you get $300 back or something like that. So I was like, oh, that's easy. I'll like pay for the course with this and I'll like pay my rent on like pay my apartment rent on it and I will get $300 back. So I don't know. In my head, that made sense. But of course, it took me like a freaking year to pay off that thousand dollars that I spent on it. Anyways, I signed up for that course. Went to Austin, didn't learn shit. So this was in February of 2017. I went and learned that course. So it is about to be five years ago that I took that course. I didn't learn shit. It was horrible. 
um, I was like, I'm not doing lashes. This was a waste of money. But all of my lovely coworkers at European Wax Center were like, girl, I know that you just took a lash training. Like, please practice on me. Like, you can practice on me, blah, blah, blah. My apartment was like walking distance from the wax center I was working at. So uh, I did, I had like some of the girls come over uh, here and there and I would practice on them for free. They loved them. Um, the guy I was dating at the time, I would uh, do his mom's lashes for free and she loved them. So just between her and then like my coworkers that I was doing, they were starting to send me people. And so I had like all these random people coming to my apartment and I didn't like it. I lived on the third floor. I have, I had dogs that like are known to bite people. It's a one bedroom apartment. I'm doing this stuff in my living room. There's like an annoying, like it was like one of those apartments where like you have to dial the number and like it calls you and you have to let them in. And it was just like super annoying and inconvenient. And I, I just didn't feel legit. Like I didn't feel like this is what I wanted to do. I didn't feel organized. I didn't feel like it was sanitary. It was more of a hassle than anything. So I hit up my girl, Heather, who had been trying to talk me into doing lash extensions. And I was like, okay, girl, where's the salon that you work at that has a room for rent? And for one, will they just let me do commission? Because I mean, what if I can't afford it? Well, come to find out the salon was literally right next to my apartment. So the that hair salon, my apartment and that wax center were all like within a mile radius of each other. So it became super, super easy. Oh, so spoiler, spoiler alert, I did end up taking that room. She was like, girl, you don't want to do a commission. Like, you're going to be making so much money. You're not going to want to give any of that up. Just ask the owner for a little deal for the first couple of months since you're new. And I guarantee you she'll hook it up. So I ended up paying, I was only paying $100 a week for the first three months, which is $400 a month. And like, if worse came to worse, like my money that I was making at European Wax Center, I could afford like my apartment and I could afford that suite. So I wasn't really tripping about it. I was like, you know, at the end of the day, I really only need to do like four full sets a month to make my rent. Like I'll be good. And, um, I would do some waxing here and there, even though I was still working at European Wax Center, but slowly but surely I was gradually, uh, trying to transfer all my clients from European Wax Center to my new suite. My owners were fully aware of me working at that suite because I told them I was just doing lashes, which I really was for the most part. Um, I was doing, I was just doing like some waxing on my friends and like the people that worked there here and there. But my main focus at this time did become lashes. I started getting so many clients from word of mouth. Um, and at this time, my full sets were $80 and my fills were $40. And I was just doing classic lashes. This was, um, sorry, I'm trying to like still give y'all a timeline so you can visually imagine all this because that's how I like listening to stories. But at this point, this was July of... 2017 where I like officially opened my own little suite and I had a lot of friends that were coming in my friends were sending me their friends anytime I posted something about it on Facebook I would have a lot of people come in um I took a course on how to run or I don't even think it was a course I think I bought like a little ebook on like how to make a Facebook ad got a lot of people from that and I still worked at European Wax Center, so I would tell my clients, hey, like, I'm doing lashes, too. I'll give you a discount, blah, blah, blah. 
So yeah, um, trust me, I'm not going to go into detail, but there are going to be so, so many episodes of uh, like marketing and customer service and stuff like that. So don't even worry. I'm trying not to go into too much detail and bore you in this episode. Um, We're almost done. Bear with me. I'm about to just skip to the good part. But I ended up, so I was working at both places for a few months. By the time February 2018 came around, I quit European Wax Center I was very sad. Um, It was the end of an era. I had been working there on and off for like five years, I believe. But um, yeah, I decided it was time for me to go out on my own. I was scared shitless. Luckily, my boyfriend, who I'm still with to this day, um, he was very supportive, like uh, emotionally and financially. He was like, don't work like we were living together at this point. And he was like, don't worry about it. Um, If I need to, like, cover your rent at our house next month, like, I got you. Like, it's fine. Just try to build your business. Well, it turns out he never had to cover my rent because I worked my fucking ass off. I literally the week after I quit European Wax Center, I sat down, made myself a website so I could look official and get myself noticed on Google. I was going hard on Facebook ads. I was talking about myself in Facebook groups. I had a bomb referral program. My ass was on Instagram 24-7 and Facebook promoting myself. By March or April, I my books were like 80% full. Like I was good as fuck. I was profiting. For sure. I was making enough money to for all my bills and expenses like I was good. So um, I stayed at that hair salon for a few more months and I ended up going to just like a salon suite place. Um, I felt like I would feel more official. I didn't love the salon suite place. I I feel like and I mean salon suites are good. Don't get me wrong. But it just kind of lacks the sense of community depending where you are. I'm not saying all places are like that. I do. My goal, <clears throat> my goal in the next couple of years is actually to open a bigger location for what I have now. And I do want like a salon suite type situation. But I, I feel like since I am actually in the beauty industry, I know how to make it feel like inclusive. I want a sense of community. I want to offer everyone like a complimentary like business coaching once a month. Um, I want us to have like events together and stuff like that. Most salon suite buildings are just owned by like wealthy, wealthy people, wealthy investors and business owners that just want a salon suite place. They don't really know anything about the beauty industry. So I feel like it just lacks a sense of like overall community. That's the only reason I didn't love it. The place I was at was beautiful, but I just knew like there had to be more to my business than just sitting in this 10 by 10 room by myself most of the time. So um, I started saving up to, I wanted to open my own commercial space and I will go over that. I'm going to like keep going over my journey about that, but I'm not going to get into the details of opening a commercial space right now, I'm going to have a whole episode for that because that is one of the like most, I get questions about that constantly. So I started um, planning on, okay, like I want to open a commercial space. I started looking at places on LoopNet and adding up all the expenses, blah, blah, blah. And then I found out I was pregnant. So yeah, that was 
super cool. And I was I was excited. I was super excited to have a baby. Um, it it was not planned, but it is by far the best thing that has ever happened to me. And I'm pretty good at like acclimating to uh, big changes. Like I don't really sit and dwell on things. I just automatically like start adapting to whatever whatever the situation may be. So I put the commercial space dream on hold um and i'm just saving as much money as possible to have a comfortable maternity leave which i'm a workaholic so my maternity leave was only seven weeks long but had my baby boy in june 2019 and then um i start getting to a point where i where the commercial space dream is uh getting closer and closer to becoming attainable uh, so I start looking at commercial space spots on my days off. I went and looked at a lot of places and this was November, 2019. I actually went and tour or no, I found a place that someone was trying to sublease. It was 700 square feet. Um, there had been like new vinyl flooring just put down. It looked beautiful. Everything was painted gray. Um, there's brick in the building that was painted gray. Everything was beautiful. I thought it was tiny, but I knew I could still adapt to it and make the most out of it and make good money out of it uh, with bringing on more people. So, but uh, then reality started hitting. Okay, it is November right now, and I'm in this lease at the Salon Suite place until April. So I'm like, that is a long time to, uh, you know, double pay. And the it was a lawyer's office. It was a lawyer that I was going to sublease it from. She told me that she would pay for my rent at the at the place I was going to sublease from her for three months. And I was like, okay, well, that's freaking awesome. That makes it worth it, right? So then uh, like a week later, I finally decided like, okay, I'm going to do it. And she was like, hey, I'm sorry. Actually, like I found a clause in my lease like the basically the landlords like mess something up in the lease so they're just letting me out of their lease so I'm sorry like obviously I can't sublease it like I can't do the like the deal where I pay your rent for a few months I'm like okay that's fair so you know I kind of stopped thinking about it for a while I was like you know what I'm just gonna enjoy the holidays with my son and um you know I'll worry about the commercial space later I still have a few months till my lease is up anyway if I have to resign here like so be it whatever like I'm just going with whatever life throws at me at this point but, like, I really knew I wanted to start training and stuff. I just, like, wanted my own little office. Like, I just wanted more than that 10 by 10 room. So, I think, like, around February, February 20, February 2020, guys, February 2020 comes around. And, uh, you know, COVID was, like, kind of a thing that was talked about, but no one really seemed to be worried about it. And guys, please keep in mind, I'm literally in Texas. Uh, most people don't give a shit about COVID here. So, and the, I mean, I'm not saying that's how I feel about it, but I'm just saying that's how most people in Texas are. And whatever, do with that information what you will. I don't, at this point, I don't really care one way or another. I know like how I feel about it and it's fine. So, um, it wasn't a thing that was like really talked about and I, I, de I definitely didn't think like, oh my God, like I can't get a commercial space right now because of COVID. Like I'm, I'm telling you like no one, it was not, no, no one was scared where I live anyways. 
So uh, I, I'm looking at places on LoopNet again. I go and tour a few more places. And guess what? The place that I had looked at back in November was still up for lease. And... That is the place that I am in now, you guys. So everything happens for a reason. Um, No one ended up leasing it. And I was like, you know what? It's February. My lease at the other place isn't until April, but I can definitely cover both places for a couple months. It'll be fine. Um, I started out with I just wanted two people to rent from me. And I already had two, two of my friends from the salon suite place wanted to come with me. And actually, one of the girls... Um, who is still with me. Um, we have been working together since European Wax Center. So we worked together at European Wax Center. We were at the salon suite places together. And now she's at my studio. Um, so it all worked out. I got the keys to my space March 1st, 2020. And we had a good two weeks of working there before we had to close down for two months. And you know what? I'm not even going to bullshit with you right now. Like, I'm not going to sit here and try to give you a sob story. I did totally fine. That is only because my landlords were super cool. They totally understood the weird circumstances and they gave me a month for free. They just added another month to my lease. Um, and I had a fat savings account because I had been saving up for buying a house. So, um, it did, I did have to, since I did have to live off my savings for a couple of months, it did prolong me finally buying a house. I am in a house now, but, um, it's fine. Everything worked out. I did not really, the only thing that was like driving me crazy was I genuinely did miss working and I had to be forced to be a stay-at-home mom when my son was nine months old, which is like a tough time. Um, and I had never been a stay-at-home mom before, so I applaud everyone that's a stay-at-home mom. It was very hard not having like really any human adult interaction for a couple months because I mean, it was, it was COVID. That was like the midst of it when most people were super scared of it. So yeah, um, people ask me a lot, like, what led you to opening your own business? And like, why did you want to be a salon owner? And looking back on it, like whenever I look back and tell this story, I never had a good experience. I never had a good relationship with my bosses at any place I worked at, whether it was being a receptionist, being a server, um, being a service provider somewhere else, I was constantly arguing with my bosses, managers, owners, trying to tell them how they should do their job. <laughs> I would literally send emails to my managers, um, and tell them like, um, here's a list of ideas I have that can make your business better. And honestly, I don't regret it. I still think I was doing all of that in good heart. I think it's super easy, though, to enter someone else's business and see, like, what they're doing wrong and see what they can work on. I'm sure someone could walk into my business right now and work there for two weeks and give me a list of things that I could improve on. But I was just very... I just knew I could not, I could not work for someone forever. I'm way too independent. I have been my entire life. I basically raised myself, um, basically an only child. Like I said, I have just always been a very, very, very independent person. I don't like people telling me what to do. I don't like people telling me 
how I should deal with clients, um, what I can and can't do when it comes to customer service, what I can and can't do when it comes to doing services. Because at the end of the day, like I'm not just a service provider, but I am an artist. So there are certain things that I want to do my way. And one thing I will say is it is very, very difficult to work for someone in the beauty industry that knows absolutely nothing about the beauty industry. So every salon that I've worked at, whether I was an employee or a renter, they knew absolutely nothing about the beauty industry. And that is one piece of advice I will give you. I know this this episode is mostly supposed to be about me. I didn't really... Um, I didn't really like prepare for any like helpful tips to give you in this episode. But one thing I will say is if you are new to this industry and you are trying to look for somewhere to work, whether it is a renting opportunity um, or an employment opportunity, I would heavily advise you to work somewhere where your boss is or has been a service provider in the beauty industry and knows this industry, not just a rich person that wants to open a beauty business because they think it's fun. Okay, so please do me a favor, and whenever you are looking for somewhere to work or rent a suite from, you want the owner to know about your industry and not just see you as a check or a piece of paper. So, I am just going to wrap this up and let you guys know where I am at today for those of you who don't know me or follow me along on Instagram. So um, we did, my business did come out of the pandemic very, very gracefully. We have been fine. It is now twenty, the beginning of 2022 and knock on wood, everything has been amazing. I have been a very lucky business owner thus far. Actually, I don't think it's luck. I think it's very hard work, (laughs) which you will hear about in the rest of these podcast episodes. I started out my business with just having booth renters, but now I have two renters that share a room, and then I have a huge open concept lash room where I have three commission artists, And then I share my room with another commission artist. And then I take clients three days a week. My main focus right now is education. So you will start hearing more about um, my courses. I do have some courses out right now. And I'm about to get more into my in-person courses once I have all of my commission girls uh, thoroughly trained and independent to where I don't have to and nurture them a lot anymore. I can focus on training other people. I just started offering coaching calls and I do have a couple of online courses. Well, I have an online course and an ebook. So that is where I'm at now. Um, this podcast has been something is something I've been wanting to do for a very long time. I know there are already a lot of beauty industry podcasts out there, guys. And if you are choosing mine to listen to, you are very, very much appreciated. I know there are a lot to choose from out there, but I feel like we all have uh, different personalities, different journeys. I am not your... I am not your average um, business owner, okay? I am very rough around the edges. I am not prim and proper. I um, I do not bullshit. I do not beat around the bush. So yeah, this should be very fun. Um, thank you for listening to this and getting to know me. I do have a very long list of topics I do want to cover in future episodes, but 
feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram. I answer every single one of my DMs. Um, I'm acting like I'm like so famous and such an influencer. I'm not, but (laughs) I'm just letting you know, I don't ignore DMs. I'm, I'm an open book. So please shoot me a message if there's something you want me to cover or let me know how you liked this episode or if you have any, you know, feedback, if there's anything I should change, I'm open to criticism. So yeah, thank you guys so much. I hope maybe you learned a couple things or enjoyed this, and I can't wait to make more episodes for you guys. See ya!